Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? How's Tristan, it going? Long time no see. It's been literally forever. So, fun show today. We've got a fun guest. Well, I don't know. Can you say fun guest when you're bringing in... It's got to be up to our guest. Yeah, but it's like when you're bringing in somebody to talk about kind of the Roe v. Wade, like and all this stuff that we've been dealing with for the last while. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's not probably fun would no, be the way to No, there's to not preface a lot of fun. The show. I'm, I'm glad to have a guest. We've done a few shows without, and a female guest. You know, we are a couple of sexist a-holes. It's not, we haven't had enough women on. Well, in in that regard, we are. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we're, we're it's just kind of we're we're meatheads, and most of our friends just happen to be dudes. But yeah, we should yeah. make the show more of a female fo- yeah, focus. Absolutely. For sure. So, looking forward to today. And um, you want to give us a little background on our guest? Oh we'll gosh, let her we'll, we'll let her okay. give the background. Easy but her, her her name Easy is Elena. She has a podcast called "I've Been Thinking" with fellow podcast. Well, and I always like to to say this because she has a real podcast. So she can hopefully give us some hints and, and tell us what we're doing. But uh, so, yeah, so we've got the dog and pony show and she's nice enough to come on and, and, and share her thoughts. So, uh, yeah, man, we, I think, I think it'll if, at least be a good conversation, maybe fun at some point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have some fun. Should we jump right in? Man, I'm ready when you are. Let's do it. Elena's at the ready. Elena, hey how guys. are you? Hey, Elena. Good. How are y'all doing? Good, good. Good. Did we pronounce good, your name correctly? Good, good. Yes, you did. After Man, coaching he's you about for it. I mean, it's, over it's, a week. <laughs> it's not that hard. Elena. Well, how, what do you think you're going to say? Yeah. Elena? You know what? Elena? I watch Honey Boo Boo, and I'm always worried I'm going to say Alana. Alana. Okay. Yeah. So watch Honey Boo Boo. There's a little, Boo-Boo. little detail about on? my life. Honey Boo Boo's still on? The, the, Ma, the, the Mama June show. It's, it's a train wreck. Uh, yeah. It Should is I, a train wreck. Do you, do you watch wreck. by chance? Just I to hear not, your name mispronounced. Good, I, good, Elena. <laughs> good. I do not. I'm honestly. I'm not trying to be like I'm better than you, but no, you um, are. That's I'm not fair. really that. In, I am, but not because yeah. of this. Um, sure. I <laughs> many I'm not many super reasons. Into reality TV. So nor am I. I I'm just, really not. Yeah, no, I, I'm really not, not either. I do like the reality mm-hmm. TV versions that you might find on like History Channel or something where it's the really goofy like alien shows that they turn right. into kind of reality TV. I think those are great. Love those. Yeah. Nice. Well, I've been diagnosed with this thing called being slow. Mm-hmm. So I really get a lot of entertainment out of watching these these idiot train wreck reality shows. God, who would have thought like, I don't know now it's probably 20 plus years when survivor was like a summer fill in show and it just opened, which some say it wasn't survivor. It was actually real world, real MTV, world on yeah. MTV. But my God, that genre is, it's just amazing. Paris Hilton's, so, um, the simple life was one of the original was, reality. Yeah, shows. It was a good show. It was. Yeah. Can't forget it her. Was. That's no, true. can't forget Paris. Well, she actually, famous. her initial video was probably the original reality show and then it merged <laughs> yeah. to The Simple Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Elena, tell us about your podcast. <laughs> so, my podcast, it kind of started out, oh, it's been through a few different iterations at this point. Um, it started out 
as an outlet for me to share my love of learning. And really, that's still what it is at its essence. But um, so original episodes you'll find are things like discussing accents and dialects. Nice. And so being from Appalachia myself, being from southeastern Kentucky, um, I talk with one of my best friends from, she's originally from western Kentucky, And, you know, we talk about, you know, what she has learned about accents and dialects, you know, from from being around me and her experiences with discrimination based on that and and my experiences with discrimination based on that and that kind of thing. So that's one of the original episodes. And then skip. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen to that's episode two, actually, of I've been thinking, go listen to that one. It is a really fun one. And again, that episode two, so it's kind of rough. But then skip all the way forward. And um, one of my most recent episodes, I think the, um, the what was that? Episode 98, I want to say it was. I'm almost at 100. Nice. Um, so episode 98 was uh, one of my friends, Chris, who is a trans man, talking about his experiences. Oh, wow. Um, why, like why those decisions were made, that journey to realizing his favorite self. So it has very much evolved over the past um, two years now. Nice. But nice. I started um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, right when everybody was starting their uh, podcast. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. I'd had it planned out since January of 2020. And it just so happened that my launch date was April 2020. Um, So, Good timing. Anyway, yeah, great timing. And then, funny enough, this episode, you asked me to come on to discuss this topic. And episode 100 of I've Been Thinking is also going to be discussing Roe v. Wade. So... Awesome. Very timely. So, yes. So, definitely, folks, check out. uh, I I do want both of our listeners to go check out uh, her 100th episode. We're up to four now. So, before we go to Roe, Elena, so the uh, uh, accents and dialects is fascinating to me. I've I've got an endless running um, kind of commentary or debate with my brother, who's still in New Jersey, about how he really doesn't have an accent. But here's what's amazing to me. I'm gone from where I grew up now 33 years and when I go back I hear how thick that accent is essentially the accent I have and I think we've all been around a little bit of media and tried to mitigate our accents because you really I I hear very little trace of accent in Elena do you? Yeah, same. Very just little. a little bit, but uh, yeah. a little bit maybe. But yeah. but when I go back to New Jersey, I hear how thick that because and coffee and were mm-hmm. I still living there, I wouldn't hear it. Now, conversely, when my brother comes down to visit, my son sounds like one of the clampets to him, you know, <laughs> Uncle Tommy. But it's just uh, it's just funny. And and one other little comment, and this is I've always thought this: you could be the most educated Southerner, and when you have an accent that's fairly thick, people categorize you you know, in a certain way. And you could be the stupidest Englishman, but because you have that British accent, you sound smart. That's you true. Know, it's like the antithesis of the Southern accent. Antithesis. You're, no, you're antithesis. <laughs> we're working with Ray on his, his TH sounds right now. Lord. No, so where, I, where are you from? Oh, 
I'm from. Well, let I him answer about accents for Christ's sake. Y'all are both interrupters. Yeah, see, we, have, we need we need the listeners to know. Yeah, so finish your thought about accents, then we'll move on. Finishing the thought about accents, I completely agree with you, Ray. You can be the most eloquent, well-spoken Southerner, and if you have an accent, you are still put in that little pigeonhole yes. that they that people want yes. to put you in. They do. Um, it it yeah, it's wild. Um, but funny enough, being a Southerner in other parts of the world, having that accent, I've always been told I have more of a drawl than um, like a kind of country accent or whatever. Right. Um, and it does come out sometimes more than others, like if I'm home or if I'm around family or something oh, like that. Oh, absolutely. But yes. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Just like you said. Right. Um, but other parts of the world people eat it up when i'm in the uk or with my friends from the uk they love it they love that southern drawl that's funny that's very it cool it is funny very but cool. yes to answer your question tristan i am from knox county kentucky southeastern kentucky um very close to where you're from nice, um, that's not originally originally Barberville, is that right? I was right? going to say, I think it's Barberville, right? Yes, Barberville. Yeah. 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 That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that literally, that's like the New York City, right, of Central Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Barberville. No, I'm sorry. That is <laughs> London. Is oh, that's true. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Much better. So that's where you would go in Barberville to like go to the movies and do the fun stuff, right? You'd zip up to. Um, well,. Nowadays, Barberville actually has some more fun stuff. Um, one of my lifelong best friends, her mother has taken over as the tourism director, and she is bringing some really awesome stuff. They're putting in like a um, drive-in theater, which is really oh, awesome nice. if you didn't cool. know about that. Yeah. I did so not. doing some really cool stuff now in Barberville, definitely Eastern Kentuckians, even Central Kentuckians, go check it out because they really are amping up the game, doing tons of artsy stuff, like fairs and festivals, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, so it's really getting up there in terms of activities. But yeah, London or Corbin, when I was growing up, is where we would go for like to go to Belks or to go watch the movies or whatever, go to JCPenney's. <laughs> nice. Here, here's one for you. Now you're, uh, I'll say a few years younger than me, probably if couple decades but actually maybe a decade and a half but one of the things we would do from middlesboro is like we would go to barberville and run the circle have you ever heard of that is oh, that a thing that anybody yeah. still did quote unquote going to town is yeah. what it's called oh, okay <laughs> and you yeah and you go you park in the parking lot right. um at that little strip mall um, and then you across from Dairy Queen, and then you drive down around the court square and come back and park, that's or it. you do another round. Yeah, that's it. That's great. That was that's what we had to do before cell phones took over. Yeah, that was the that was Saturday in Barberville. That's what that's we great. had to do after cell phones <laughs> took over. <laughs> Same thing. You just had pictures of it at that point. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, Elaine is no longer living. In Barbara. She is now in a much Niceville, better place. Niceville, Florida. Where? Oh, gosh. Niceville. Niceville. It's so nice here. So where is Niceville? <laughs> uh, Destin. Okay. Panhandle. 
Yeah, the Florida Panhandle right on the Gulf. It is incredible. So let me ask you this, Elena. Do you find that to be a somewhat conservative area? I've always heard the Panhandle was pretty conservative. Incredibly. Incredibly. Okay, talk about that a little bit. Southern Um, Southern Baptist kind of thing? Lord, I don't know. I don't think so. I grew up Southern Baptist. Okay. Um, I don't find that it's necessarily specifically Southern Baptist right. here. Um, definitely like Trump some country? Baptist Catholic. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, How do you deal with that? So well, I'm assuming I mean, you haven't told us your politics, but I'm assuming they're not Trump-like. You're not <laughs> well, a MAGA you know hat wearer. Funny. Oh, look at that MAGA I, hat hanging on that wall behind her too. That's, that's a Confederate Confederate flag. Did you see? Yeah, that? I like that. On top of the Confederate flag. Yeah. <laughs> Don't start that rumor. No, um, it's actually really funny that you asked that. First of all, yes, Florida is heaven's waiting room. They say, yes, and it yes, is yes. incredible. Incredibly conservative, um, which is just really interesting in a lot of different ways. Um, this area is very conservative, very much Trump country. Um, yeah, I. It is heavily military and yeah. heavily retirement, and military, of course, is not all you know heavily conservative, but you are going to have a little bit more of that. Sure in this kind of area, especially when you have a lot of retired military as well. Um, so absolutely just really interesting. Um, my politics, interestingly, funny enough, I'm actually, uh, well, when I left Kentucky, I was still a, a registered Republican. Um, here in Florida, I am not either. I, what's that? Unregistered? Or, no, I'm registered independent. Yeah, yeah I'm registered nice. independent here. Um, because, frankly, the two-party system is shit. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I don't blame George Washington for rolling in his grave on that one. I, um, I do... Go ahead. No, Go I ahead. do worry no. about... I, you know, I hear a lot of my Republican friends will sort of take that stance on 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 the the two party system and I always worry about that because I always just feel like even though yes it sucks in so many ways like you still have to go sort of best of both worlds right like you still you probably in this era of what you're seeing in the supreme court doesn't it feel like yeah it sucks to be a democrat but slightly worse than where it would feel to be going the other way right now I think oh Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one. Um, And that really doesn't change how I feel about the two party system. I, um, you know, I vote based on the issue, basically, or, or, you know what I'm saying? I don't choose a party and vote a hard party line. Good. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I, I don't know. Um, that I voted really much Republican at all the last time. I really can't think of that. But you know, it's just, it's very much based on the issue. And like you said, with the last Supreme Court, that's a perfect example, or the most recent Supreme Court hearings, a perfect example. But um, I was at Transy, I was a political science major, oh, and nice. I learned a lot. I'm really applying it now as an artist yeah. and events coordinator <laughs> and podcaster. Um, but I, I was a political scientist and um, still like to think that I am to a degree and the two-party system is just really not beneficial for anybody in the long run 
And that is where I will leave that, I think, for today. Because yeah. it's just, it, it only benefits those in power and those on the far side of each. And we're hearing a lot from them. God, yeah, they're certainly mm-hmm. the loudest. They are the loudest. So yes. what's it like right now for you? I mean, what as a as a young lady seeing these rights, the, the Roe Wade situation being overturned, what is that like and how does that make you feel right now at this time in history? It's really terrifying. Um, it is really, really scary wow. um, for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, it makes me scared for my rights. It makes me not want to have a family. Um, I don't want to have children if I'm going to be raising them in the United States. I would raise them elsewhere in the world. I would raise them in Europe. I would raise them in certain Asian countries. I would not raise them in the United States. Interesting. Um, I... It also makes me scared for my nieces, for my boyfriend's younger sisters. Um, You know, it makes me scared for anybody I love who is um, who is younger than me to grow up in this world where they're going to not have even even for a brief time not have the rights that i had and not had the have the rights that their mothers had that's the crazy part i mean i think it's the first time in us history that the supreme court has rolled back a given right the supreme court is supposed to be there in my mind to you know codify rights not to take rights away i mean it's really pretty stunning and i don't know uh, if they expected the backlash that other world leaders, to Elena's point, like uh, Macron and Trudeau, uh, even Boris Johnson in England, they really weighed in heavy. Like, what the f- are you people doing? It's it's pretty crazy. Like, yeah. I, it's it's understandable. Um, yeah, when you got other world leaders looking at your country, a country that you know we were all raised to oh, the best, and the you know we're the leaders, and you've got other world leaders saying uh, that's pretty backwards. Well, that's not great, right? And and you know it's. Even if you, you know, and, and and like Elena, Ray, you know, as a Kentucky transplant, like most of these people I feel like are going into this discussion with the best of intentions. And I mean, I know it's a raw time to say that, but I don't think people wanted to roll back abortion rights because they wanted to stick it to Democrats. I don't think they wanted to say F you guys. I think well, some did. But There's some, maybe, but maybe I, I think yeah. more so it was coming from a place of they feel like they're doing the right thing. But on the on the heels of that, to tell somebody that's went through a traumatic sexual assault or, you know, and again, not that that should be limited to that. I'm not saying that. But I mean, even the most ardent well, conservative should be able to understand yeah, that I, aspect of I, it. I, let's ask Elena. Do you think, Elena, that there is... But don't mind some, my opinion, you know. It's well, fine. but you and I always talk about... Sure, how, I know, you know I'm just playing. Sh- we should just no, shut up as guys, and maybe that's unfair too, but I would love your opinion, Elena. Do you think that there are some uh, uh, fair-minded people on the anti-choice side that actually, in their heart, believe abortion is wrong, and, and, and they are doing it with the best of intention? I do think that there are. Yeah, I do think that there are people who are doing it with the best of intention, but I think that they are 
missing the complexities and the nuances of of life of living and existing in a world that is outside of their county lines or outside of their church doors um i think that it is very narrow-minded to truly think that there are only you know one two three instances where abortion is quote unquote not a sin or you know whatever it is and even ignoring all of that um what it really comes down to and this (laughs) this has been something i've had to deal with in my family where i've had for example one of my cousins my my closest cousin um called his mother one day my mom's sister and said mom why is elena sharing all of this pro-choice stuff on facebook i cannot believe that does she really feel that way and she said to him she said it's not that elena's trying to you know murder babies as people want you to think it's that she wants women to have the choice over their own bodies sure and she had to explain that to her own son and you know so this to my cousin that i've grown up with that is as close to me as a brother he's who i was referring to when i spoke of my nieces like Mm -hmm. i call his daughters my nieces so you know to have to deal with that in my own family that has been really eye-opening and certainly has given me insight into it where i truly do believe that there are people like you asked who have the best intentions in some people who have the best intentions in making this decision, but they really are missing the point that it's not about the abortion. It is about having your own body. I absolutely. And I hate to say that this is now almost a moot point because of last week's decision, but was there a place for compromise? I thought that, Chief Justice Roberts was trying to find whatever little bit of middle ground, which to me, I think, was that 15 weeks. And and this whole leak, maybe it was a conservative to scare the conservatives. Maybe it was a liberal to start the fire. But I think Roberts was probably lobbying Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett to say, look, we can't overturn this because it's going to be a clusterfuck. Do you swear on your podcast? Oh yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but but he he wasn't able to, <laughs> and that decision went five to four with Roberts actually siding with the minority because I think he, as a somewhat reasonable pragmatic jurist, thought we cannot overturn this. Well, now they have. So um, is there maybe would you have found fifteen weeks acceptable? I mean, no. I mean, if not, say no. I I really. I want to say yes and no. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <cool. laughs> the, <laughs> the point of it is like, yes, I would find that acceptable to an extent, but then really the point truly is, is well, why aren't women trusted to make decisions for their own damn bodies? Right. Like that's genuinely the point of it. Um, I don't I really haven't even thought about that from the from the perspective of I would even take 15 weeks, you know. I I really haven't thought about that. So that's why I really don't have a a good answer, I guess, for your question. That's fair. 
But, um, yeah, to me, that that's what it comes down to. So how pissed were you? Oh, I sobbed. I had, I really did when I found out, um, I mean, it was Friday morning, I had to go to work. And I held it together at work. I really wasn't in my great mood um, that I usually try to be in. But when I got home and I talked to my boyfriend about it, I sat on the couch and I sobbed. And I said, I'm not my own person anymore. Um, Now I belong to my father, basically, or I belong to you as good as. Like, I can't make decisions for myself, which granted, even still with Roe v. Wade in place, women couldn't make a lot of decisions for themselves. I couldn't take myself to my gynecologist, to my OBGYN, and say, I want a hysterectomy right now because I never want children, because my family has a history of endometriosis, which is an incredibly painful and difficult disease. Um, So I want that possibility taken away that I could have that disease. I don't want, you know, the potential for cancer, which my family has some history with. I couldn't go to my gynecologist and say, give me a hysterectomy because I... ABC, these three big reasons. My gynecologist would almost certainly say to me, Well, what if your husband wants children? Wow. Yeah. And that's something I don't think guys would, I would never have known that that would even be a part of the conversation. Yes. That's unbelievable. for, For a lot of gynecologists who would, you know, surgeon gynecologists who would perform that surgery, they, want they either will tell you no don't do that your future husband your future husband who is not even in the picture perhaps at this point might want children someday Mm. or or they'll tell you that they want your husband or whom your partner whomever to sign off on it with them that's literally in 2022 that's a thing (laughs) I'm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry for sounding yeah. r- ridiculous, but I mean, obviously, no. I, I wouldn't feel like as a, as a as a male that if there was a, a surgery that I wanted that could vasectomy. Well, yeah, which exactly. is reversible, but yeah, it wouldn't be a. Let's talk to your wife first. Calm down, Sparky, and see what your wife thinks. Yeah, that's unimaginable. Right, right. Wow. and that's that's kind of the point. That's. Why women everywhere are so enraged ultimately is because we don't have, even with, like I said, Roe v. Wade in place, we still didn't truly have autonomy over our own bodies. And this is just one more example of it being taken away. So that really is where all all of this feminine rage comes from, is just wanting to be our own damn humans. And do you feel like with the way that it's going now, and obviously there's already been some other uh, Supreme court decisions that have been, I guess, questionable depending on which side of the earth you live on. But do you feel like, I mean, is this something that could be, could correct itself and come back or is it going in the wrong direction for a while? So I, I, my thoughts. So Joe Biden actually announced today um, in a press conference that, you know, well, the Biden administration announced today that um, they are going to start taking steps um, to take executive action to codify yeah, Roe v. Wade into Roe, law. Right. 
But to me, that's very much too little too late at this point. Um, because, first of all, anybody at any point over the past 50 years had the opportunity to codify that into law. Sure. That could have happened under the Clintons. That could have happened under a Bush. Hell, I'm sure they've used it. That could have happened <laughs> under anybody. Obama. And now, after it has been taken away, it's, well... Let's get some funding. Let's get let's let's get some uh, donations pouring in. Let's use this as a point to get some funding from our supporters, and hopefully, we can use our executive orders to put this into law, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. And I, and let me first off say that is a very good point uh, for one, but for two, I don't know that rational minded folks like Ray and myself three months ago thought even that this would be a conversation we would be having. And I don't know that the Obama administration and, you know, the Clinton administration thought we better hurry and act on this because even under Bush senior, there was a Republican Supreme court and they, they didn't have any interest at all in touching Roe v. Wade. So, and I heard somebody else mention that there was some blame to go around with the current administration. And I just thought, well, Let's be real, though. This is very Republican. This is a very right-wing conservative Republican action against women. And and I don't want certainly our listeners to confuse that and feel like, well, oh. there's a lot of Democrats that are shooting to make this right. Is but that fair to say? It is. But, but to say that three months ago we wouldn't have had this discussion, I mean, Christ— uh, one of the reasons that people, that Republicans were able to hold their nose and, and pull the lever for Trump or to excuse his horrible malfeasance throughout his four years was because what he was going to appoint justices who would overturn Roe. Completely. I mean, that's been that's a thing no, for sure. in the conservative. You know, I, it's funny, Elena, I'm going to be 62 in September, so I've been following this stuff a lot longer than either of you, either of you kids. But <laughs> I'll uh, take it. You know, I often say that in a in a way, the modern conservative movement started with the Roe decision. Like they gathered around that in '73, and they've been punting that political football for fifty fucking years. That is really interesting for you to say because I think, in a lot of ways, you're very right, and it has been. Um, I I don't even think you could call Roe v. Wade. A, an ember or a spark. It was like somebody throwing a lighter right. on a gasoline-covered bonfire. That's right. And it's just it's just spread. It's just you know nobody put it out, and it's just spread and, and grown you know, into this absolute monstrosity. You have to uh, be. You have to give some begrudging admiration to Republicans and their ground game in that movement. And, and they just accomplished an amazing thing. You know, historically, I always say we're, we're all, I'm a lover of, of history and I'm probably in another life taught history and maybe should have in this life. But, you know, we're always living history and it's hard to get a handle on it while you're living it because you need the perspective. But they're going to look back to what was last Friday's date, June, whatever it was. 
18th. Sure. And uh, uh, yeah, or, well, when that decision came down as a monumental right. day, and you have to give them some begrudging, you know, kudos in getting that done. So on the heels of that, I'll ask you this question, Lena. Do you think that decision will ignite that fire on the left that you know, I hope that it does. Do you think that this will be an issue big enough in November to at least keep Democrats in the hunt? Because it looks like they're going to take a freaking pounding come November. I, I mean, I would hope so. I honestly, I have to tell you, I haven't even looked at any, any polls, any stats, anything like that for this coming November. Um, but I would hope that much like, for example, for example, much like um, in Kentucky when we found out like how atrociously the Bevan administration <laughs> was treating teachers, um, how yes, and and yes. I recognize I recognize that Kentucky's current governor's father put some things in place um, in his time as governor, right? That did. Um, did put teachers and their pensions in a really bad place. But obviously the Bevan administration took it and ran with it and took it to a whole different level. And so in the same, in the same vein um, that Kentuckians rallied against Bevan um, because of his treatment of teachers, I would hope that this would be some kind of uniting force that will bring the right people into office mm-hmm. um the 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 right people and, and i use that like with kind of quotations kind of like put italics on that um because even democrats who are in office like we've said they didn't all stop it either no they didn't no yeah, and I just think, in my opinion, moving forward, I think you're you're always going to have folks that aren't going to want abortion. You're always going to have you know complete right. pro lifers, but I mean, women are going to have to stand up at the very least. Like some of these, you know, draconian state laws that you can't get an abortion with the life of the mother for rape and incest. I mean, look, there's not a lot of common sense that I think you could find outside of maybe just saying because God that would force you to want to have an 11 year old girl to raise a child in incest. Like there's no common sense there. Right. No, there's none. And I'll say I have two points to that. First of all, 54% of the country wanted Roe to stay in effect. Right. 54%. And that's not even 46% wanting it turned out. That's, 28% 28% wanting it overturned. Right. 18% had no opinion, right. which I have thoughts on those people too, but we'll right. save those for another day. <laughs> um, but furthermore, there are already examples of women who are being literally pushed to the brink of death already in the past, with day, today's Thursday, in the past six days, women who are on the edge of death before doctors can make decisions that will save them, before they and doctors in together, and ultimately at that point, the woman's in a coma half the time, before a decision can be made to abort this pregnancy that is septic, that is um, ectopic, and she's in, ectopic pregnancies are incredibly, excruciatingly painful, and they are not viable. 
but these women are having to already deal deal with not being able to make that choice for themselves and be literally on the edge while doctors talk to lawyers and other doctors and all and bring it together before they can save this literal woman's life. Man, that's I think Elena just said something that doesn't even really calculate. So uh, an ectopic pregnancy, which you can explain a little bit more. I have some familiarity with it. But but what you're saying is in, in states now where abortion is 100% illegal, or or let's just say illegal, let's not put a percentage on it, um, a woman could be suffering in pain with a child that we know is not going to survive, or if they do, it's you know going to be kind of rough, and doesn't have the, deci- doesn't have the ability to make a decision to terminate that pregnancy. Yeah. See, that's just effed up. Well, and another thing, too, and and I don't know if it's talked about much. I haven't heard it talked about much. But the thing about it, if most of the women that... Sorry. (laughs) Playing with your phone, Ray. Always playing with his phone. Most of the women (laughs) that we know, like if a woman in your life or if a woman in my life and and, in Elena's life needs an abortion, like we could probably drive a few states and have that done. But I think in Elena growing up in Barville and Appalachia here in some of these rural poor counties in Kentucky, it's going to disproportionately affect people of color and poor people because these are the people yeah. that can't of course. fly to Jamaica or, you know, drive up to Illinois, you know, throw a hundred bucks in the tank. Like, you know, that's and it's only going to create these problems for poor people that it was 50 bucks in the tank before Biden. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> Thanks, but, Biden. <laughs> freaking Biden. Let's, Let's go, go Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nicely done, you two. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's horrible that it's these are the same people that the same folks that don't want to pay for these kids and don't want to pay for food stamps. Of course. These are the kids that we're forcing these women to bring into the world. Yeah. So I, it just makes you want to pull your hair out. Yeah, it's just crazy. No, you're exactly right with that. That Those are the women who are going to disproportionately be affected and exactly like you said, they're the women who can't drive to another state at a whim or fly to another country to receive something that should be their basic human right. And they are also the women, like you said, that that so often society looks down upon and says, oh, those women shouldn't have kids. Look, they've got seven already. Look at all those kids. She needs to do something about that. Right. Well... Well, if you would provide us with sex education, if you would provide us with reproductive rights, if you would provide us with health care, maybe something could be done about that. Yeah, and the real scary part of this decision, and I am a long way from a constitutional scholar, but I think it was based on a piece of the 14th Amendment that had to do with um, privacy clauses and rights to privacy, uh, and, and the... Uh, gay marriage, the, the, the union of, of two uh, folks, uh, two homosexual folks, is, is um, taken from that right to privacy, uh, contraception taken from that right to privacy, even going all the way back to that decision in Virginia, loving um, interracial marriage. So there, and I think ironically, Clarence Thomas opened that door a little bit like, hey, this is our opportunity. Let's go for the, let's go for all those things. Because if you think about it, uh, 
Trisden. We had a guest, Elena, who uh, she's been on several times. Uh, Brandon is a gay man living here in Kentucky, and he wanted to come on our show to correct the record a little bit because I think I had alluded to, you know, homosexuals pretty much have it's it's you know the doors have opened for him, everything's cool. And he came on to say, hang on a minute. It's not, everything's not cool. And there's a lot of places where people are working to overturn those things. And I think this would prove he's right. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Um, that's really interesting. First of all, that's funny. Ironically, Clarence Thomas opened up that argument. <laughs> right. Um, that's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, no, and it's really interesting because I've seen and heard the argument that the Biden administration is trying to undermine individual privacy when in reality, the justices who who supplied the votes to overturn Roe v. Wade were Trump justices, Trump appointed Absolutely. justices. Yeah. So super ironic. I, I, this will be my interruption. What's the argument that the Biden administration is trying to overturn? Oh my gosh, people are... Verbatim, I couldn't give it to you, but it's essentially, oh, well, the Biden administration is trying to take away privacies. Um, the Obama administration did it with... Mm. Um, some internet things and so some forth. Some internet things, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I can't think of them at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I mean, but, people yeah, get crazy. With some internet yeah. things, yeah. And, and you know, trickled down and now into the Biden administration. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a really interesting argument when... That's the reality is that they were Trump appointed justices and that probably they were put there for that reason when in their confirmation hearings, they all said all five of these justices said that they had absolutely no intentions of ever touching. They surely did. Yeah, they really did. They surely did. Yeah. And I've got a question. Uh, You guys can both feel free to respond to this. And it's just something that was rolling around in my mind. You know, I don't think that there was a, a, I don't think Trump had a switch where he said, oh, I can't ask that. That's against the law. I better be careful before I say that. You know, he pretty much said whatever <laughs> to whoever. Yeah, it's pretty good Trump, right? It was adequate. It's really good. But, <laughs> but my question is, you know, I mentioned earlier, we had Supreme Court justices under a Republican president before, a, a, a majority of Supreme Court justices that were Republican that never touched this. Do you think folks got in front of these guys? Do you think there was private meetings where they said, look, we're going to appoint you if you tell me this is going to oh, be overturned. Nah, and I don't want to put that, you know, I don't yeah. have evidence. I'm not saying that I heard this. People are saying, but I wonder if that's, look, we're going to get you in there, but this is what we want. Yeah. What do you think? They played a political I, game. Yeah. I would not be surprised by that, um, and it, which is really disappointing because that's the point of the Supreme Court, that it's supposed to be outside of your the, the four-year political cycle. Right. You know, right. That's right. that that is the point. And that's why there's not an election for it. That's why there's no term limits. Justices you know, for life. Yep. Exactly. So that they can have that freedom. But then at the same time, you can't say that they're not affected. Now, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but I listen, I'm developing some conspiracy theories. I'll <laughs> let you know how they go. Um, I'll like I'll let you in on them off the air. But <laughs> I really I don't know if you know this, but Clarence Thomas's wife, Jenny Thomas, is being investigated as she part is. of the January 6th right. riots, insurrection, coup, whatever you want to call it. She's being investigated in that. You cannot tell me that that woman has not had an influence on her husband. Sure. 
You sure. cannot tell me of that. Of course. Yeah, she's you a can't real tell me right-winger. that. Right. You can't tell me that. What's her name? Her name flew out of my brain just now, but I can <laughs> see her face like she's sitting on the front row of a Methodist church. You know, the latest one, the girl. Well, not the latest, latest one, because today we got Kentaji Brown Jackson. But um, which is going to be interesting as right. the first black woman to be appointed right. to the court. But you know what's her name? The previous justice, right? The female justice. I, it's slipping my yeah. mind too. Well, there was RGB, but uh, no, the more recent one, Trump. the Trump. The oh, Trump uh, Amy Coney yeah. Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. Yes, yeah. thank you. I was saying B, but I was thinking like <laughs> yeah. Becca, and yeah. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> anyway, so I will call Amy. her Becca from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Becca. Yeah, she almost looks like one. She, she is a Becca. Um, she is. I've never, in in my life so far, I've never liked a Becca. I'll say that. <laughs> um, Ray's I've wife, ironically, had, named Becca. Uh, Ray, maybe you, maybe she will change my mind. But so far, I've never had a good long-term experience with a Becca. That's funny. But, um, no, Amy Coney Barrett, she, I'm, I'm not shocked by her decision because she has always been so incredibly hard, far right, Christian evangelical. Yeah, Christian evangelical is the biggest part of it. That's, you know, yeah. that, that's that is the biggest thing driving it. Um, so obviously, Elaine, it's a very very difficult decision. We're not we're not going to satisfy or ratify it here. But before we let you go, tell me about um, transy and majoring in political science. Did you think <laughs> you were going to use that as a career? So really funny, and I was actually reflecting on this um, on the past few days. I was planning very much to um, continue on with a career in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and my plan was transy political science major, um, law school, and then go into politics. Whether nice. I would be a practicing lawyer or not was kind of up in the air. Um, the very end, I'm talking um, January of my senior year, I had kind of a meltdown where I realized that I did not want to go to law school. And politics or not, like law school was not it for me. Right. So... For all that, my dad didn't talk to me for three days afterwards. <laughs> um, he, we, the first time, this is really funny. My dad's military. Um, and the first time I saw him after I broke that decision to my parents, because I mean, I called my mom sobbing when I had this meltdown. I was not doing well. And um, I told my parents, my mom was like, not happy, but supportive. First time I physically see them was three or four days later, hadn't talked to my dad for all that time. We're at dinner with, um, my dad was a lieutenant colonel at the time, and we're at the, uh, we're at dinner at Malone's nice. with the journal, the journal, the general that he was working Oh, with. wow. Um, and we're all talking, and my dad's not talking to me, <laughs> but we're all talking, and the general, who was a practicing lawyer on the civilian wow. side, said, so what do you want to do? And I told him, well, I just had a meltdown on Monday, <laughs> and yada, yada. And he said, oh, you know what? That's fine. He said, I can tell that you really have a mind for law. You really sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, he said... 
go ahead, take a year, take a few years. He said, I totally support that. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, take a few years, take whatever you need. I took seven years ah, off before ah, I went ah, to law school. Ah. And my dad was like, holy shit, don't tell her that. But after that, that's when my dad was like, oh, you know what? Maybe this is the right choice for her. Maybe her life's not going to be a failure anymore. <laughs> so so did you get go to law school? <laughs> I did not. Okay. I did not. I went to, that's a great question because I did not uh, make that clear. I did not go to law school. I went to graduate school at EKU. Okay. Um, for safety, security, and emergency management. Oh, so nice. I Which have is a, a wonderful master's. program. Oh, Eastern. my gosh. An yeah. incredible program. One of the best in the country, yeah. Yes. Um, incredible program. I am not using that degree either. I have a certificate in Homeland Security and a certificate in disaster management, How about that? which I'm not against getting into, but it's kind of, I, I you know, COVID, all of that has sure. really put a stopper in everything that I had going. Sure. Um, and then we moved to Florida. My boyfriend's a government contractor nowadays. And uh, we moved down here, and I found this awesome opportunity at an art gallery. And I have always, as a child, I always wanted to be a professional artist. And now, for at least a while, I'm getting to do that and be an events coordinator as well for that. Talented young lady, uh, Elena. Tell tell us where we can find your podcast. I've been thinking. All right. You can find I've Been Thinking with Elena Grace is technically the full name, but usually you can just type in I've Been Thinking and find it um, anywhere you get your podcasts. I've Been Thinking Pod.com is the website. You can find um, the podcast there as well. Of course, you can find the blog. I put um, personal blog posts up, and then I put um, the show notes from every episode on the blog there on I'veBeenThinkingPod.com. You can find us on Instagram is my main source of social media for it, at I'veBeenThinkingPod. And let's see, Patreon. For extra content, patreon.com forward slash I've been thinking pod. And then I've recently started putting regular episodes um, in video format on YouTube. Too, oh, wow. So. We need to do that very also. Cool. That's <laughs> the world needs to see more of this. Yeah. The world needs more, <laughs> y'all. More, yeah. more Trisden and Ray, says the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad that the screen was covered up by Elaine. I didn't have to look at myself. I can see only Ray's arm for yeah, those people great. listening. It's it's like half of my head and that's then like it. Ray's that's arm. That's all you need to see. Well, yeah. I actually, I hit expand on you guys and now I can see both of ah, you. Nice. You. Look at that. Good time, right. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Ray, I guess we need to do some sponsor thanks. Yeah. Um, Aaron, you're the man. Berea Pond. Guys, if, if you're in the area, you got to swing over to Berea Pond. Check them out. Furniture, guns, ammo, tables, beds, couches, crypto. Good crypto. conversation. Crypto making a little bump up. Yeah, crypto is crypto's going to be okay. It's okay. It's they have tough. crypto at a pawn shop? <laughs> Dude, this pawn shop is so much more. It's like the best place. <laughs> it's like an, a superstore of just all this stuff. Well, I know where I'm stopping next time I come home. <laughs> next time you're coming through Barberville, coming to Lexington, you got to stop on your way. It's 107 Clay Drive in Berea. Say hi to Aaron and Rob, and you're not going to regret it. It's a lot of fun. Or you can from there, you can check them out at buckshotandlead.com. That's a cool oh, website. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, of course, right? You want to talk our about our buds at uh, Bad Wolf Gaming, which is a nerd store. Um, are you into any of that stuff? Um, she know? she looks like a Yu Gi Oh player. Yu-Gi-Oh. I think she likes Yu Gi Oh. I did. I had all the Yu Gi Oh cards. Damn. I knew it when there I was a kid. No, really? I I'm not super into gaming. Really, um, I do like anime. Um, but my boyfriend, big computer gamer. Okay. Nice. So that's basically what Dan does at Bad Wolf Gaming. It's all of that stuff that I really don't understand, but he just opened up about six months ago. Seems to be doing great over on uh, 7-Eleven Chestnut Street. Right that is here right. In Berea, Kentucky. Dan and Nasa and Darren running that store. Yeah, check them out. You're going to love it. And this is the part of the show for us that we do a little homegrown comedy. Oh, so well, you I, do the homegrown I do comedy. A, a, Top ten list, stupid jokes. Where Ray does a joke, but if you have a joke, I don't know if you have like a go-to joke or something you want to tell. No, we're not. I don't have go-to jokes. I'm more of a contextual, like stand-up. Really? Okay. Cool. Yeah. You got a little. Yeah. You could do a little of that if you like. No, no, it's it has to come in the moment. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm with you. Does that make sense? Fair yeah, enough, absolutely. for sure. Yeah, yeah for yeah. the most part, it has to come in the moment. Well, so and, and I'll that, throw them out as I as they come to me. That's cool. Yeah, and that's when funny stuff happens, like the the canned stuff that yeah. we put together for the show. It's a little something for the sponsors. I don't know if people it probably are, is funniest of you know yeah. off the cuff for sure. Do you guys know what a off Karen's called in Europe? What a Karen is called in Europe? Yeah, no, an American. Uh, all right I'm pretty done. good that's not bad that's true this is the berea pond joke of the day there it is all right if, if you would suffer through this with us um i forgot my notes for the show today so i'm Lovely. trying to read these off my phone so apologies for the stuttering that will come let's see top 10 other precedents the new supreme court wants to make law nice all right number 10 no matter what a woman says consent for sex is granted if she blinks <laughs> sad and scary number nine terrible yeah a little terrible number nine women will be required to be in the kitchen every day from 6 p.m to 7 p.m hilarious i don't know about funny but maybe accurate it's scary it's scary is the point yeah number eight women will need to ask permission to go to the bathroom number Mm, seven right yeah a woman's right to vote shall not be infringed upon but only on rupaul's drag race (laughs) So they can vote, but only for RuPaul's Drag Race. Number six, if a woman uses government assistance, the state will mandate five men follow her around while she shops to shame her purchases. Everyone knows poor people don't deserve steak. Number five, women will tain, will retain the freedom of speech, but only if spoken to. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, number four, full ban on metal coat hangers. Wow. Mm, oh. Too soon? Oh, too soon, yes. Too soon. Elena just... She just left. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Number three. It's awful. Women will no longer be able to use the term mansplain. Okay. Which is, I like I know it. a lot of people who would love that. <laughs> Number two. She was asking for it defense, now considered indefensible in all court cases. Nice. Yeah. And the number one new precedent for the Supreme Court. Gay marriage will again be illegal, but gun marriage will be accepted. Gun marriage. You can marry your gun. Okay. Yeah. Just not. Just keep not the same, same just keep the same um, amendment in place and just change two letters. Yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah, That's right. It. Yeah. Very true. It's crazy times, man. Elena, thank you so much. Thank you all so much for having me on. It has been so much fun. Ray, I can't believe you've not listened yet. That's actually really disappointing. Um, I've got Tristan two shows in. Listened. I've listened to two yeah. shows already. Yeah, there you I haven't go. listened yeah, to that so many of our he's shows. Doing better than you. 
I will do it. Drive. I will listen driving home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Elena. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> well, thank you guys again so so much for thank having you. me on. It really has been so much fun. We appreciate you so much. And again, we'd like to thank. Troy at Front Porch Studios, Nate at Stoveleg, who actually set up this interview for us. So, Nate, thank oh, you thanks, so Nate. much for, for putting we us in touch with Nate. Elena. Yeah. Yeah, Nate's a great guy in France, I think, still. What a jerk, though. Um, he is in France. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, not cool. Well, we're in central Kentucky in 400 degrees in a studio yeah. here. But, yeah, check us out. Like us, review us on Spotify, and, uh, yeah, we appreciate you listening. Everybody have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.